Welcome to the Jeff and Jamie Show, powered by Streaking. Today we're going to be talking about how to become a master at talking to strangers. That's what we were going to talk about last time, and <laughs> we did never get to it. Today, that's all we're going to talk about. So, welcome to the show. Let's start streaking. Yay! I'm excited to be here. I'm I'm the one that pushed that we take the whole podcast to talk about just this article. Yeah, if you listen to the last one, you know she pushed on me. She gave me the stink eye. Have you ever seen the stink, stink eye? eye? Especially from someone that has green eyes. I mean, they really look at you. I mean, my kids will tell you that her eyes are blue, but I'm telling you right now they're green. And when you get the stink eye from a green-eyed beauty, you better just be quiet. You better just move forward. Apparently, I do have a look. <laughs> I've mastered the look of being like, like I can, mm, I can uh-huh. get yeah. you with Oh, the look. I know right there. That right just scared there. me. And you were just, you weren't even going at it. I was, I wasn't even I'm going nervous. At it. Okay, fine. Let's talk about this. So what I wanted to talk about today is you found this article, how to become a master at talking to strangers. So I wanted to t- first talk about why you found the article interesting. Secondly, and it's based on a book. So um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Joe is his first name. Keowen. Do you think it's K E O H A N E? Yeah, I would go with that. I, I mean, I, me, I would probably absolutely make it worse as well. So Ke- he's written Keohane? 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 something like that. And I'm sorry, sorry Joe. Sir. We're gonna call you Joe. Joe. <laughs> That's easier. So Joe for has us. written a book called "The Power of Strangers: The Benefits of Connecting in a Suspicious World." Uh-huh. And so I wanted to ask you first of all, what? So what drew you to this article? I'm always intrigued with human communication. It is something that has always been mesmerizing to me as far as how people interact with each other. You know, when we go places, I'll start up conversations with pretty much anyone. It's rare that I won't, you know, start to talk with whoever the uh, server is at our table, or if we're in line, you know, I'll crack a joke about something in line and start talking with someone. There's some times where I don't, but a lot of times I feel it's really weird. And I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but when I get into an elevator with other people, I feel obligated to say something to them, to say, hi, how are you? You know, and it may be the lamest thing to say, but I the awkward silence is more deafening to me than would be a loud yell. So there's something about being in proximity of people that feels like I need to talk to these people. For I me, need to communicate. There's some people. Or I don't know. I don't know if everyone way. feels that way. Do you feel that way? I do. I feel that. Do way. you really? I do. And the reason, so I had two thoughts as you were talking, is that one, I was asking myself, is this something that everybody feels? Or is this unique to your personality because you're more outgoing? But it's interesting. So as we get into this article, he's going to talk about a woman that he he went and took a class on how to speak to strangers. And what was it that he decided? Why did he want to take we'll get this class? To that. Okay, sorry. but it was interesting to me that the, he talks all about this woman that taught the class. And so, and I I was like, this is really fascinating. At the end, I went and looked up this woman's company and was reading a little bit about her, and I found it striking that she categorizes herself as an introvert, yet her whole foundation of what she believes and the company that she's built um, and, and it's called trigger conversations her whole company is built on reaching out and talking to people and creating conversations mm-hmm. so even a person who's an introvert who and I love the definition of extrovert versus introvert growing up I always thought it was outgoing and shy but I remember the day that someone defined it to me as where you gain energy 
Do you gain energy when you're with people or do you use energy when you're with people? And what, what would you say with me? With you, you are definitely an extrovert. The more you are with people, the more energy you gain from those people. You can start out tired and, and, and we'll go to some party and you're just like, oh, do we have to go? And you're tired. And then the longer we stay. I never say stay, that, people. Never, ever do I say that. I'm teasing. The longer we stay, the more energetic and animated you get. It's been more than once that my family has been all in the car waiting for me. In fact, we just had this, this last, um, what was it? We went and waited in the car. Well, first of all, I said, we're going to go. And you're like, okay, I'm coming. We all walked to the car except you. Then we sat in the car at the parking spot for a little bit. Then I had my son text you. <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. You got to tell the whole story. No, I had him text no, no, you. No, no, no. We were, we're ready going to, go. to a wedding reception. And the wedding reception, I didn't, I, I was like, I wasn't enthused about it. You I weren't. wanted to go because we were, like, we're going to okay, see some we'll people. Go, I wasn't, wasn't enthused though. We so would... when we pulled up and we parked, we walked to the front door and we started to see a whole bunch of friends that we hadn't seen in quite some time. And I started you talking. Hardly, I don't even know if you made it into I the... I never made it into the wedding you hall. You just talked to people never. outside the I talked whole to people time. outside the whole time. And we'd been there for a couple hours. A couple hours. And I was having fun, except that I had worn the wrong shoes. <laughs> I wore... She was wearing these stilettos. I wore the stiletto. Were, <laughs> sexy. Oh, she looked good in those. And after two hours, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I was ready to go. And I'm like, all right, we're going to go to the car. So we wait in the car. And then I called you. That's right. I called you twice. Yeah. And then I had, and then I texted And I was talking. Him. I was still talking. So then enjoying. I sent, Had a group around me. Had a lot of people laughing, making them laugh. Then enjoying. I sent one of our children to tell you that we're all in the car waiting for you. And he came back and said, yeah, dad said he's coming right now. So we waited another 15 minutes. <laughs> then I pulled the car out and drove to the entrance right where you were talking. Uh-huh. And we still sat in the car for another 10 <laughs> minutes waiting for you. So by definition, extrovert. So I found it fascinating going back that she said that she she's more of an introvert. In other words, introverts, when we're in public, and I say we because I consider myself an introvert, we expend energy to be with people. So I use up my energy, which is always the case for me. I have an allotted amount of time and I'm like, okay, I'm done. I've I've used my energy. I need to go fill my bucket again before I can... T- and so need, not that one or and the just, other just is good or bad. It's just that. good to notice. Well, just in concert with that. So Jamie is a true introvert because she will come back from two to three hours at the library by herself doing something and be fully energized. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to she talk to people. ready to go. <laughs> I've had my two hours of She said of to me more than once, time. I love the library. I do. <laughs> so isn't it great that, that both are needed? Yes. And that you can be an introvert and still be outgoing. Yeah. And you can be an extrovert and still sometimes need to work on ability to talk to people. We are yin and yang, baby. Yes, we are. <laughs> so, so as you, so this attacks to you because you're like, I'm always interested in human communication. I'm always interested in why we would talk to right. why we would talk to strangers. Right. Um, so that this was how he started. Is that he is an author and a journalist. And by the way, as we get started on this, just know that yes, this does apply to streaking, and we will talk to you about how that is. So this is what I love about what we're doing with the show is we can talk about anything and it's powered by streaking. So I'm going to take today and do a little bit of a deeper dive than what we normally do into one subject and then talk a little bit about that's the what. So where's the how? How can we get better at this? And that's where I I believe that streaking is the how. It's the answer to, okay, I want to get better at talking to strangers. Yeah. So why do you think we don't talk to strangers? 
I think that um, it's just awkward. I mean, it's tough. It's how do I find common ground? What is it that I talk to him about? What what do I say? When do I need to say it? You know, are they going to think I'm weird? I feel self-conscious. Okay. So I'm insecure. Uh, any of those, any number of things. Any that, number of those things. I don't know. Is, is that what you think? Yeah, that's, and well, it's interesting when he asks the question, he, he says, why don't we talk to strangers? It's interesting because he says, the answer I heard over and over again from experts is simply that we don't talk to strangers. <laughs> that's it. We just don't. We don't. Well, but aren't we taught from our youth, don't talk to strangers. Exactly. So that's one thing. We teach our children not to talk to strangers for right. safety purposes. Right. We teach them that you need to be safe because not everybody can be trusted. You and know, I so, think though that a stranger in that definition is the stranger that is the, you know, individual that's an adult that is kind of weird looking and, you know, offering you a piece of candy. But so just just to say it in this way. At school, when our children go to school, all of their classmates are strangers at first. Mm -hmm. And they seem to be able to talk to them pretty darn quickly. Children naturally want to talk. Children do Absolutely. things more naturally than, Absolutely. than what so we... So avoid the weirdo. But the thing, <laughs> the thing about it is really looking at it and saying, it, notice that in class, all of them are strangers at first. And now... Even Chance, who started a new school, has all kinds of new people, now has friends mm -hmm. because he talks to strangers. That's, I think, what we're, that's the context of what we're speaking. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Just being able to. So what would be, why is it a benefit to talk to strangers? Why isn't it okay to just go through life and be like, look, I've got my trusted people that I talk to. I don't need more than that. I'm good. Where, where, where's a benefit to talking to strangers? And is this rhetorical or do you want me to answer? No, I want you to answer. Like, what do you feel like? I have found that more good has come from talking to strangers than um, any, not than anything else, but I just found that than being silent. That's what I was going to say. Okay. I, I have come across people, I love learning their stories. They come from all different walks of life and have all different types of successes and all of those different things, all of the, those different conversations that I have with them Give me insight, understanding, and add value to my life. So there's this one part that I loved. That So when he went to this class, and, and the person that he took the class from, let me see if I can find her first name. Uh, hold on just one second. Not a problem. Her last name is Nightingale. Georgie. Georgie Nightingale. So he went, he flew to London to take this class from Georgie Nightingale. Does it say how he found out about this class or is it just he it found doesn't. some? She has a company called okay. Trigger Conversations. And so he found out about it. And this is what she it. offers. She offers classes on teaching you how to, basically how to talk to strangers. Okay. Um, and so one of the things that she said, and I thought this deeply, was deeply profound, is she said, everyone is interesting, but it's not up to them to show you. It's up to you to discover it. Isn't that great? That is. Just, I'm just, so I'm, first of all, I just love this idea of recognizing that every person is interesting. Everyone. Everyone has value and is inherently interesting. Like you said, everyone has a story. Everyone has a background. Everyone has something worth sharing and contributing. But it's not their job. It's not up to them to show it to you. It's up to you to discover it. Right. What do you think of that? I mean, because we talk so often, I think about this 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 idea that well if i want something it's up to me right it's up to me to take control of that situation but in this in this situation talking with people if if it's up to me to show them that i'm interesting that doesn't come across well we don't necessarily like the people that feel it's important what to show saying? us it's that they're interesting be, it's better to be interested than interesting than interesting 
And that was another part of this article. It talks about how often we are so willing to talk about ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> that we almost will talk about ourselves if, if two out of three times more right. often than right. we will talk about somebody yeah. else. So you, you asked the question. Sorry, I, I got to pause here for just a second. I'm watching our dog out the window. And I've seen two coyotes, not right now, but coyotes go by. And he was out there exploring where the coyotes went by. He just ran up the stairs. I was going to actually interrupt the podcast to go get him. To go rescue our dog (laughs) from the coyotes. Because our dog is a little toy poodle. It's tiny. It's basically a morsel snack. I look at him as a cocoa puff. (laughs) Yes, and that's his name. The owls are like, ooh, a cocoa puff. Ooh, a cocoa puff. The coyotes are like, ooh, a cocoa puff. Sorry, I'm back with you now. What was the question that you asked me? So she says, every... Everyone is interesting, but it's not up to them to show you. It's up to you to discover it. What is that? Kind of how would you respond to that? I agree. And I think that there is skill in how you discover that. Very much so. So that's what I found so fascinating in this article. So the other thing that you had mentioned, just going back to why why is it even valuable to talk to strangers? Like what value does it have? You said two things. You said it's great because so many people, there's so many interesting people out there and I want to hear their stories. But then you also said, I've had so many good things happen to me. Yes. Because you talked to a stranger. I think I read an article. I'm not sure how far back or heard a reference to an article or an interview that basically said, if you want to get lucky, or not to get lucky, that sounds odd. <laughs> you can't say it that way yeah, anymore. If you want to get lucky. No, I'm if not If you want to have more luck in life. If you want to have more luck in life. Talk to strangers Mm -hmm. because you never know where it's going to lead. I remember, so two stories real quickly. One, we were um, on vacation in Breckenridge and we were at basically at our timeshare and we were, we were in the hot tub and we were, I was talking with people that were there at the timeshare as well. And I found out that the gentleman in the hot tub was um, part of a restaurant group. Mm-hmm. And we started just by happenstance to talk about streaking and how streaking could help and what it was and the consistency and everything else. And that led to a great contact, someone mm-hmm. else. Another one, so second story, uh, I was online and one of my streaks is to make at least one contact via LinkedIn on a daily basis. So I did that and I told, I think I told this in a, in a previous podcast, however, that one little, that talking to stranger or that connection led me to talking to an individual. His name is David. Who at the time is a total stranger. Total stranger. And now he and I are connected and have had one conversation and are going to have several more about what we can do to teach leadership skills in developing countries. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's those type of things. Well, that never would have come had I not been talking to strangers. Now, obviously, we'll talk about the streak in a second, but that's what comes to mind. And that's awesome. So this is the other thing that he said. He said, I have spoken to a lot of college professors who lament that their students struggle to make the sorts of serendipitous social connections that will serve them so well once they start their careers. So in other words, this this whole idea, and I believe truth, that as we communicate with other people, we learn more about them, but then also we connect on things that we're interested in and opportunities are presented because we talked to a total stranger that we would have completely missed had we not had the chance to talk to that stranger. And that not only is it something that's fun to learn interesting things about people, but also has this huge level of value, both intrinsically on a personal level, but also on a 
on on a professional level. Yeah, absolutely. And so I thought so, that was great. Go so ahead. as you, I'm just curious for you because as a person that expends energy to talk to people, do you have do you find yourself talking to strangers? I mean, have you done that, or do you have to be very? So what I conscious? feel like you're asking me is as as you know, why did I find this article interesting? And yeah. for me, it was recognizing a need that needs to be filled. So first of all, <clears throat> I'm an introvert. And I like gathering energy from being alone, but I also recognize that I can spend too much time alone or get too, maybe it's not spend too much time alone as much as it is get too caught up in all the things that I need to get done. Does your battery get too full? Are you just, do you boil over with energy? You need to expend some of it. It's not that I, so here's, it's an interesting thing. Here's what happens is I get focused on the list of things that I need to get done and these people are getting in my way. (laughs) I feel bad saying that. I I really do. But it's also recognizing. And by the way, it is a true, she really does feel bad for saying that. I do feel bad for saying that because what I've come to you've come across so many great people in your life and you love them and you enjoy them. And I know that your friends mean a, a lot to you. Well, what I've come to realize too is that my task list of getting things done only brings me a certain amount of joy. And it's not as much as being with people does. Isn't that interesting? So I think in my head that if I get all of these things done and if I get it done really organized and I'm on top of my game and I know what I'm doing, that I'm going to feel good and then I'll have time for the people. <laughs> I'm just embarrassed that I'm saying this, but this is this is true. I, Maybe there's a, is, I'm hoping there's other people out there that are like this. This is one of the things I love about you is you are vulnerable and that is all there is to it. You will absolutely tell it like it is. You are not a person who can you do not work well with hyperbole or duplicity and you do not you are fully transparent. That's who you are. So as <laughs> so I read this all article, all of you folks out there, if she says she's your friend, she is absolutely truthful about that. She's not just saying it to be flattering. <laughs> so as I read this article, I recognized. Are you flushing? Is yes, your face a little, a little bit? Okay, go I ahead. I got a little too vulnerable out there. <laughs> but as, as I was reading it for me, it was recognizing exactly what you said is one, it's a skill. And two, it's one that I want to get better at. And three, setting a streak can help me. That was the thing that I thought. I'm like, okay, I can set a streak around this. Because as I read this article, I thought, this is going to take me some practice. <laughs> I'm going to have to. Thi- this thing here, <laughs> this, this dang thing here is going to take me some practice. <laughs> so, so this is great. He talks about his journey. And what he did is he went and took a class from Georgie Nightingale, who teaches about how to have conversations with people. And so it starts out, it says, the hardest thing about talking to strangers is initiating the conversation, approaching someone, making them feel safe and quickly conveying the idea that you don't have an agenda, that you're just being friendly or curious. And so that's one of the things that inhibits us as we want to talk to strangers is this initial, the the beginning of it is hard. And there's so many, like what you said, why do I not talk to them? Well, they might think I'm weird or what if I say something wrong or... What do I say? Like, how do I even get the conversation started? Exactly. And so. One of the things that I find in talking to strangers, because my profession is sales and I've been in sales for a long time, there is always the feeling of an ulterior motive. Mm. Especially in sales. Anyone that you find out that you're a salesperson, it's like, oh, "Oh, you're going to try and sell me something. Be careful. They're going to try and sell me something. Mm -hmm. What I have found and what I love about the content of Franklin Covey's content and helping clients succeed um, is that we have a, a guiding principle, which is your intent 
counts more than your technique. Hmm. And if my intent is truly to find out about someone, if my intent is really genuine curiosity, that will come through. And that is where I believe you have to, I have to start with talking to strangers is my intent is to truly learn who they are and see them as an individual and value their story. That is exactly, as I read this whole article and talking about where is the value, because at one point, Nightingale says that she truly believes that having these conversations, this is how she says, she says, they're, um, let's see, hold on. She came to believe that being able to talk to strangers is important, that making a practice of talking to strangers could offer more than a jolt of good feeling for an individual. There was joy in it, profundity, real communion. If practiced widely enough, she believed it could help repair a fracturing society. We're not just talking about a few individualized things, she says. We're talking about a different way to live. And as I read that, I thought, she's talking about being able to change a fractured society by recognizing that each person is a person. Yeah. Not an agenda, not a not a program, not a labeled group of people, but a person. Wow. That each person is an individual person. And if we change the way that we live and and recognize people as people, can we change our society? And she and and this idea of recognizing the individual. And so I'm I'm uh, a little bit awestruck and I'm thinking about what it is that you're saying because oftentimes we'll treat people as objects. Mm-hmm. Objects to either accomplish something or objects to be consumed. I mean, just taking it down a road that I don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time in, but we'll talk about for just a second. Pornography is something that treats people as objects. Totally. For your own, it's a very selfish, just... You're right. I'm going to use you as an object to get something right. that I want. And it dehumanizes people and mm-hmm. it makes them so that now it's not someone, it's something Thing. to be consumed. And what I hear with this is as you are considering people as people, that each one has a mom and a dad, that each one has desires and wants, that they also have disappointments and difficulties that each one of these individuals is valuable and in that value or or that value comes shining through when I genuinely with real intent want to know a little bit about you, who you are. I don't need to know your life story. I don't need to know everything per se. Mm -mm. However, seeing you and that's what you know, saying that word right there, seeing you as an individual actually seeing you as a person Mm -hmm. and genuinely being curious about your life story and where you've been and what it is that you've experienced. Or even as simple as, why are we in this restaurant together or standing in this line together? Right. All of those things unite us and bind us together and help us to appreciate differences, celebrate differences, and know that we all belong to the human family. Right. To learn from those differences and like you said, to be able to appreciate them instead of and have those differences be something that brings us together, not something that pulls us apart. What was the what was the one book that you were reading that was about apartheid and how they wanted to I and you don't have to name the book, but the but it was they were they wanted to keep people in tribes mm-hmm. because by keeping them separated made them war against each other. They were easier to control if they were fighting amongst themselves. 
And so you keep people, you keep, you make sure that those differences are constantly being talked about and that you recognize that one tribe can't possibly get along with another tribe. If they can keep fighting, then apartheid was easier to, to make happen because they were never functioning as a group. They weren't seeing themselves. They weren't seeing each, they They were seeing seeing them as a group. They weren't seeing people. They weren't seeing people as individuals Mm -hmm. that each have pain and sorrow and joy and happiness. All of, all of those things together. So I I mean, we we went kind of deep there. Yeah. I went, I went way deep dive. However, it's the small, it's the laughably small thing that can begin to repair those significant wide breaches. So it's so great you say that because where does she, she's like, okay, so where's the first lesson on learning to talk with strangers? It was in small talk. So how do you, just talking, just initially, how do you feel, and as I say the word small talk, what is your response or feelings or reactions to small talk? So small talk for me is tough um, because I feel like it's meaningless. Okay. I, I mean, I just, it is difficult when I'm, for example, let's, let's just take, I'm at a, at a party where I don't know a lot of people, right. And barely anyone, or you and I, we've been at these before. Like it's a, it's a fundraiser gala. Right. And I really don't know anyone around. I just feel awkward as all get out when I start talking with someone because it's small talk and it's, I'm almost looking for the exit. Right. I'm trying to, okay, how do I get out of this I conversation? I feel like I need to talk to you because these right. people are here and I should talk, but, but I don't even... I feel fully awkward small talk and this is is small so. talk is not for me. So this is great because it says, a lot of people hate small talk. So you're not alone. <laughs> Thanks. Which is understandable because a lot of small talk is deadly boring. Deadly boring. Nightingale concedes the point. Yes, she says, small talk can be dull, but that's because most people don't understand what it's for. It's not the conversation. It's the opener for a better conversation. <laughs> so this is, it's, it's interesting to I me because that. it's so, it's small. So where do we start with learning how to talk to strangers with something small? But we recognize it's not the end. It's the opener. It's the beginning. It's where we start. How often have we said that with streaking? You make it laughably small, laughably simple. It's the floor on which you stand to reach for something greater. It's not where you're going to end. It's where you start and with the intent of going further. Great point. So she says, it's a way to get comfortable with one another and cast around for something you want to talk about. That, she says, is why it's important to be aware of your response when someone asks you something like, what do you do? Which is often a common thing to start with small talk. Right. You are failing to understand what that question is really asking, which is this. What should you and I talk about? <laughs> yes. Isn't that great though? Yeah. So so she talks about, um, and, and this is great. They go on. She, Nightingale, studied um, a woman, Kate Fox, who is a, so- a social anthropologist who spent a huge amount of her time studying why people in England are fascinated with talking about the weather. Which I thought was funny because being in the United States is a little different, but I have heard so many jokes about people in Great Britain and that they talk about the weather. And so she said, she said, she did a study, for instance, seemingly inexhaustible English desire to discuss the weather. While some critics have pointed to this affinity as evidence of a listless and unimaginative people. So, so people have said, <laughs> okay, they're listless and boring because all they're going to talk about is the weather. Fox argued that weather wasn't the point. 
Instead, it is a means of social bonding, a greeting ritual. English weather speak is a form of code evolved to help us overcome our natural reserve and actually talk to each other. The content is not the point. Familiarity, connection, and reassurance are. Once those are in place, then a real conversation can happen. Wow. So is that interesting that this whole idea, the weather is something that binds people in England together. It's something that they all experience. It's something that's common to all of them. They all have an opinion about it. It, all, it affects all of their daily, it affects their lives daily. And so it's not that they're talking about it because they've become boring and listless. It is literally become almost a ritual of how to open a, a dialogue, how to connect with someone on something that's familiar to all of us so that we can get to a point where we can have a conversation. Two thoughts come to mind. Okay. First, I appreciate people who will dive into a subject so significantly to identify that weather is how we bind ourselves together. That she spent so much and time And also the about. other person about how diving into talking to strangers and how small talk is an opener. Yes. I appreciate people who will go to that level mm-hmm. and and get into the subject so deeply that we gain new insights, which is exactly what that was. Which is and, and exactly recognizing that, look, this has, and, and instead of condemning us all for doing it, oh, here we go with the small talk again, or instead of dreading it, here we go with the small talk again, <laughs> recognizing how it has a purpose. Yeah. Isn't it interesting how once you're able to look at something and say, oh, I know what this is. This is small talk. This isn't boring and stupid and completely not connecting me to anybody. This is opening the door. They're not asking about what I do. They're just trying to find something that we can talk about. You bring up such um, valid points because oftentimes I'll talk to people about streaking and talking about the laughably small and wonder why that they don't get it. They don't get that this is the start. I remember one conversation we had with a uh, a curious person that are, I want to call him a curious streaker. In other words, they didn't know they were a streaker yet, but curious in that they said, well, you're just limiting me. You're limiting, you know, by saying you need to do something laughably small or laughably simple, you're limiting me. And it's, and And that's only if you look at it as the ceiling. It's not the ceiling, it's the floor. Right. What I appreciate about the the small talk here is being able to just change your your perspective on it and look at it from a different point of view or a different angle. I now know that that's the floor of that's conversation. Floor. And from there, I can start to climb toward a better conversation. So instead of shunning it, instead of dreading it, instead of finding a way to get out of it, now you look at it and you're like, oh, I can embrace this because I know what this is. This is small talk. And we're trying to find something that we have in common so that we can have a deeper, more meaningful conversation. Absolutely. So so then she talks about, okay, there's skill behind small talk. Okay, here we go. Now we're getting into the streaking and so part. The first now part, we're into my place. Let's do this. So the first part is to recognize that a lot of times we have a script. How are you doing today? Fine. Oh, good. I'm fine too. Script. No value has come from it. So you're It's going the floor though. It's a little bit, except that there's skill behind it. And so recognizing you're like, okay, I didn't really gain anything from that. So I want to break that script. In, in other words, you <clears throat> you ask a question that you're not really looking for a response for. You're just feeling the you're space more just with saying words. Hello. Yeah. You're just like, hello. And well, that's you're it. acknowledging that both of you are 
exist in a similar space. in the same space. <laughs> yes. That's really what you've done. And so she says, so if you've got these scripts, how do you break this script? And and I love this. She says, with specificity. I knew I was going to have a hard time saying specificity. this Specificity. Thank you. Specis specificity? <laughs> nope, not yet, but that's okay, honey. With being specific? <laughs> there you go. And you got it. Surprise. And anyone out there who's laughing with us, we all have a problem with that word, specificity. <laughs> good job. You're good at saying that. <laughs> Thanks. So, I had to work at it for a long time because when you're on stage with 2,000 people staring at you and you want to be specific about specificity, yes, you, <laughs> you better be able to that get one. that word I'm out. I'm going to practice that word a bunch of times. She says, for example, when someone says, how are you? Instead of saying, fine, how are you? And they say, fine. And that's the end of the conversation. When someone asks her, how are you? She says, I'd say I'm a 7.5 out of 10. And then she'll briefly explain why she's a 7.5. And then say, how are you doing? Or where do you feel you You are? You know what? I would say I'm about an 8. So then she says what kicks in is mirroring. Yes. Do you remember when oh, is we that what talked I just about, did? Yeah, we you talked about mirroring. just mirrored. So you did exactly what she said. Instead of saying, well, I'm fine, you picked up on the cue, I'm a 7.5. And you're like, oh, I'm huh. probably an 8. I'm probably about an 8 so right now. So you automatically mirrored. But all, in all honesty, I mean, I said 8, but I'm actually at a 10 right now. Are you at a 10? Well, because I'm talking to my favorite person doing my favorite thing, which is talking about streaking on a podcast. I love you. But isn't that fun that they recognized in this? Do you remember when we would talk extensively about negotiating? Yes. And he talked about how important understanding the skill of mirroring is. Yeah. It's the last three words that Mm -hmm. they say is you mirror that to keep the conversation going. Because in negotiation, especially when you're negotiating with terrorists or hostage takers, I guess you don't negotiate with terrorists, but hostage takers, that's who you negotiate with. You want to keep them talking. Yep. Total sidelined that one. Let's just go back to the article. Well, so it's great that she... But it's not a sideline. It's really true that these skills... I guess what I loved about it is that these skills are true. And they work whether you're talking to a complete stranger or whether you're talking to negotiating a situation where you're dealing with a hostage situation. Are we done? No, not done yet. We're going to... Keep going. Yeah, we got So it. she said, um, it's great that someone says, oh, I'm a six. And instead of going to someplace negative or where you ask a question like, oh, why are you a six? Which might be too personal of a question. She says, well, what would it take to get you to an eight? Oh, Isn't wow. Isn't that a great? Yeah, that's awesome. I loved that. So um, she had some other examples. Um, when someone says at the store, can I help you? You can reply, well, can I help you? Which I chuckled at this one because I've literally seen you do that. Uh, have I really? Yes. When someone will be like, can I help you? And you're like, well, how can I help you? Just this and and, and changing that around. Um, Instead of asking someone how their day went, ask, has your day lived up to your expectations? Oh, wow. Isn't that a good one, That's good. All of these things require a certain measure of confidence to pull off, but they work. And they reveal a little nugget about each person. And so, so, you can learn so now, how would you apply streaking to this then? Is that where we're going to next? Because that's where I want to get to. Yes. Because so- is, is, <clears throat> you look at all these things, we have the what we need to do. And if I truly want to become a person, because the, the title of the article is How to Become. Mm-hmm. How to Become a Master. How to Become a Master at Talking to Strangers. So how to become a master in order to become someone you need to do something consistently, which is where we get into the streaking. So what I loved as I read this article was recognizing that the first thing that happened is 
him wanting to become better at something and recognizing it needed a level of intentionality. I'm going to pay attention to this a little bit. So he did a deep dive, took a class, took, wrote a book. Like this became very interesting to him. But in all of it, <clears throat> what was required was practice. The opportunity to take it from something that was unconscious to something that was on a more conscious level. And then as we practice at that more conscious level, we become more proficient at that thing. And we literally become somebody who is more confident and comfortable talking to strangers. Okay. And so I don't know, as I was thinking about this, I thought, cause I, I, I've been I thinking about this for myself that, okay. that I thought, okay, I've got a couple of streaks that I would start. And so some of them I thought, well, bringing it to a very laughably simple conscious level, I thought, could I make it a streak that I just smile at someone, a stranger, smile at a stranger once a day. Okay. Now, is that laughably simple? Could I do that even if I was But sick? not like a creepy smile, right? But no, like, not a, like, like a, a genuine no, smile. No, just, and what is it, what is it that I'm doing? I'm noticing a stranger to start with right. and making some kind of a connection. Okay, I got do one for you. Do you remember the game that you guys played? We went to the mall one time at Christmas. Yeah. And you guys we played, played the smile the game. Smile game mm-hmm. And the game was, we're at the mall and this was before COVID and it was at Christmas. So the mall was packed with people and we had taken our kids shopping at the mall and I don't even know if we were trying to shop or if we were just people watching because I don't feel like we were trying to get anything we were done. Shop- no, we were because what we did is we took everyone and said, look, you have a certain amount of money to spend on the person that you're going to... Oh, and that's everyone right. was, was going like around. It was like speed spend it, it was, for someone well, else. It was, it, was, it, was spe- it was Christmas shopping and we were going to do it within a two-hour period of time. Okay. And everyone had to... you know, And this was your opportunity to pick out the present for mm-hmm. whoever you had in the family because with seven children, one. we would have them only have one other person to give a gift to. It was just more equitable. It just was better that way. Got better gifts that way. So you you created, I don't remember how this came about because I wasn't there when it started, but you, I come into the, I come into this and you and the kids are all playing this smile game where you have to make eye contact with someone, smile at them, and you get points if they smile back. That's right. Wasn't that amazing? That was great. And what we found is there was skill to it. Yes. If you were walking down, and here's some of the things, just a little insight on this. If you were walking down the mall and looking at people and caught them in the eye and were smiling already, they wouldn't smile back at you. Oh, it was okay. the weirdest thing, but they would not smile back with you because I think they thought you were just creepy. You're just kind of, oh, that's one of those You're weird people smile. that just walks around smiling smiles. all the time. But if you or they're of, smiling at something else. They're not they're actually smiling at, smiling at me. But if, you, but if you look at them and you're smiling already, they would not smile back. So there was a little bit of skill to this. Mm-hmm. So when you saw someone else, so what you start to do is you just have a straight face. And then when you see someone coming, you kind of catch their eye and, the, and then a small smile and they will smile back. But... It's like it's like this instant of time that if you don't time it just right, they won't smile back at you. But if you time it right and you look at them, you have that straight face, you look and you smile, kind of it's a little nod, they will smile right back at you. A recognition that you're actually looking at them and right. making that connection. Right. So that was one of my thoughts is I'm like, okay, I could make that as a streak to smile at a stranger each day. Wow. What were some that you as were if you were Okay, here's what here was one that I was thinking of is a streak of, I can, um, let's see here. I got to think how I was going to say it. It was review at least one way to greet someone differently daily. So it's not do it, but it's just review it daily. So review at least one way to greet someone differently daily. 
Now that will bring it to my conscious mind. And if I'm doing that on a daily basis, because that, and this applies specifically to the skill that to she the was talking skill about, of being able to, of being able to respond to someone differently than what the typical response is because, and let's just go back to the word habit, the automatic response is actually not beneficial. In fact, it's fruitless. Mm-hmm. And that is where most of us are is when That's we're greeting really someone else. That's a good point. The automatic thing that you do without thinking about it, without intentionality, really doesn't take you anywhere. It doesn't take you anywhere. It's fruitless. Hmm. Whereas if I'm intentional about it, when I see a store clerk or I'm talking to them behind the counter, what a, if I've been reviewing how I greet people differently, I might go in and instead of saying, you know, they say, have you found, it could be because a store clerk, have you found everything you wanted today? You know, instead of saying yes, like I usually do, in other words, the automatic response, which doesn't progress the conversation at all, I could say something like, I was looking for. Right. This. Or what is, is there your, something or, I should have found yeah, today that I didn't find? There, see, that is it. That's it right there. Well, what should I have found? Maybe you know something really cool <laughs> that I didn't find. And it puts a smile on their face and we have a little bit of a conversation. Mm-hmm. That is what I, so that streak of, so right, say I'm going to review how to greet someone differently daily and then keeping track of that, that I've been doing it, creating a community around it. Just imagine that in the app, yes. people saying I greeted this person today and this is how I greeted them. How cool would that be to start seeing that? So that's exactly what, so I I wanted to end today by just talking a little bit about this person, Joe's examples of what happened to him and how he shared it because we're a community. I became a part of his community through reading this article and now a desire to want to read the book. We got to have Joe on the show. I know. We got to have Joe on the show. So he says, during lunch and after class, I try out some of these techniques around London. I ask a 20-something bartender at a pub if the day has met her expectations. And she confesses with very little prompting that yes, it has. She's about to quit her day job. She feels she's been sold a bill of goods about the merits of a straight corporate career. And she's going to emptying her savings and travel the world. She hasn't told anyone this yet, but she will soon. All of that. He got all of that from a simple question (laughs) of, did today meet your expectations? Is that not awesome? And would you not want to ask more about that? And would you not want to start a conversation? And if you're an adventurer and you're meeting someone for the first time, it's like, I want to know more about how you're doing this. Yes. Then this second one, I, I really enjoyed this second. He says, at lunch at a Lebanese takeout restaurant, I ask the owner what menu item he's most proud of. Because that's what I want. So in other words, what's the best thing on your menu? He says... What on your menu are you most proud of? I loved that. He starts taking bits of this and that and dropping them into my bag. I tell him I grew up in a white neighborhood. And when I was a kid, a Lebanese family moved in behind us and used to hand us plates over the fence. And what was at that time, very exotic food. So just a key takeaway right here is that asking questions is important of people, but also we need to be willing to share a little bit too about ourselves. Sure. That we, that there's a connection there. So he shared why he even came into a Lebanese takeout restaurant in the first place. Yeah, we're I walking up, the path together. Yeah. It's not that you're walking like, the I path I grew up alone. in a white neighborhood where I hadn't been exposed to Lebanese people or food, and a Lebanese family moves in behind me, and they were constantly giving us food over the back fence, which at first was very exotic. In other words, it was foreign. It wasn't familiar to me. He goes, since then, Lebanese food has always been among my favorites. Curiously, when I eat it, I think about home. This, as Nightingale instructed, was me opening up the conversation with a statement, not a question. 
And he says, the owner tells me that in Lebanon, the kind of hosp- that kind of hospitality is a big deal. People always make a lot of food for visitors. And while he talks, he keeps dropping more food into my bag. When he's done, the bag weighs about five pounds and he charges me for maybe a third of it. Wow. So just this connection that we have with people and how being able to talk to a stranger can make the world a better place. And that's one of the things that we're talking about as we talking as we're moving forward and, and looking at coming to, I guess we're coming up on the end of another year. And it's been a little bit of a bumpier year than I expected. 2020 started out unexpected, but when it ended, I was like, yeah, but 2021 is going to be better and we're not going to be dealing with all this same stuff. But we have dealt, it's been more bumpy than I expected 2021 to be. As we look at moving to the end of the year, we've been talking a lot about if you want to change the world, start with a streak. And this is, I love this, if we start with a streak of how can I set a streak that helps me develop the skill of talking to strangers to take it from this unconscious to this conscious level of making a difference, we can literally change the world. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. It has been a wonderful conversation, and we hope that you have found value in that conversation. If you'd like to learn more or have more information, uh, feel free to email us, Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-E-R-Y, at streakingmastery.com, or Jamie, J-A-M-I, at streakingmastery.com. You can download our book on Audible. You can get it at Amazon. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. You can follow on LinkedIn. Or you can download our app. Pretty soon you'll be able to follow us there as well and see all of the streaks that we're employing to become the person that we want to be. Well, until we talk again, keep streaking.